Hello and welcome to EM Talk. EM Talk is a podcast sponsored by Axon Education and the Texas EMS School, and we are devoted to diving into the real world of EMS and everything relative. We interview real EMS providers, real hospital providers, real patients, and get the real story on what's going on currently in the world of EMS and what we can do to make it better. We thought the pandemic was coming to an end. We thought it was all over. We were wrong. On May 4th, 2020, days from the predicted return to normalcy, the first patient converted. That conversion was violent, and the healthcare community quickly realized that the converted were able to infect others at an alarming rate. Within days, those infected would either convert or pass. After a couple of weeks, the conversion only took hours after infection. By May 19th, more than half the country's population had been converted. By June 1st, the entire infrastructure of the U.S. had fallen and no one came to our aid. This is where our story really begins. I've been a paramedic for several years, and during the crisis I found safety for my family and took to the ambulance to try to aid as many as possible while we all watched the fall. On June 1st, when the country officially fell apart, We had just finished a run and were headed back to the station when the dispatcher gave us the last call we would ever be dispatched to. My partner Mark and I came across the radio and notified dispatch that we were en route. To what? We weren't sure. As during the dispatch, the address came across clear, but as the dispatcher attempted to relay the call information, we could hear screams in the background, and one word came out, infected. We hit the lights and sirens, although not much good when there's hardly anyone left on the streets. As we arrived, we saw the door to the residence was wide open. We put on our gloves, masks, and goggles and grabbed our equipment to head inside. As we approached the door, we heard nothing. We announced CMS, knock on the door, proceeding into the residence. We walked slowly through the house until we see a trail of red on the floor. We look at each other and then follow the trail. We smell it first. That familiar smell. Then we see it. If this was our patient, they should have called long ago. When we hear something behind us, we turn to see a small older woman in front of the entrance of the house. We ask, as usual, ma'am, did you call 911? She doesn't answer. So we say it louder, ma'am, did you call 911? She simply looks up but does not answer. When she looks up, I see that something isn't right. The look in her eyes is one I've seen before, but not in person, just on TV during the broadcasts. I remember the first time the media broadcast a clip of one of the infected converting. The patient was lying in a room that looked cold but very bright, laying on a hospital bed like any other patient with all the wires and tubes you would expect. Suddenly, the patient's minimal movement completely stopped. The patient appeared to stop breathing. Unfortunately, something I had seen many times. Something I had never seen happened. The patient started moving, but not really breathing, just moving. Then the patient looked up at the camera. The look I saw I would never forget. Dead. Absent. The same look I had seen before me now. I whispered to Mark that we have to get out of there. We both know we cannot afford to let the older woman get close. 
so we decide to use the biggest tool in our box, the stretcher. We both get to one side of the stretcher and put the bags on our backs, then we get ready to push. As we do, the old woman lunges for us. We push hard and keep moving. We plow through, and she falls to the ground. I don't look back, neither does Mark. We put the stretcher in the ambulance as fast as possible. I jump in the front, and we started moving. We try to radio to dispatch, but no answer. We try to call dispatch, but no answer. They never did answer again. In the beginning of this whole thing, they had converted some wings of the larger hospitals around the nation into infected quarantine zones, or IQ zones. These IQ zones were quickly outgrown, so they started to utilize rural hospital systems. They would take the normal patients from the rural area hospitals and move them to the larger hospital systems, then convert the entire hospital into IQ zones. Most people living in these small communities fought this concept, and when that failed, they left. So it wasn't very alarming when we returned to town and did not see many people or cars. We were going to stop at the ambulance station in order to try and create a plan for what to do next. As we drove past the local hospital, also known as IQ Zone 724, we noticed the doors were knocked off the hinges by the ER entrance. The hospital, being newly remodeled, was never in that bad of shape, and we knew then something had gone wrong. Our station was located near the hospital, and we decided to proceed to the station in order to regroup and try to contact the hospital. We set outside of the station, first using the radio to try to communicate with the hospital. Medic 1 to IQ Zone 724. Medic 1 to IQ Zone 724. Status check. Status check. Nothing. I opened the door to the ambulance to go into the station and see if we could contact anyone using the landline as cell service had become non-essential long ago and was very limited in our area due to low required maintenance standards for the towers. I noticed something different out of the corner of my eye as I headed towards the door I had entered and exited so many times. Something had been out of place. There was usually this barrel off to the side that we used as a makeshift fire pit at times. I'd seen it so many times it just became a part of the expected scenery, but this time it was not there. I knew it was there when we woke up at the station that morning. I called back to Mark and asked if he had moved the barrel for some reason and he said no. So I decided to go around the corner and check it out. As I rounded the corner, I saw them from across the field, eating. It really is not the look of it that I remember most. It was the sound, like slurping and shredding meat all simultaneously. I motioned for Mark to be quiet and get back in the truck. I turned to quietly make my way back to the ambulance, and that is when I found the barrel. Again, another sound I will never forget, as it was the sound that gave us away the sound that would ensure we would never be able to return to this station again. I ran for the truck, but must have paused longer than I thought because the converted were close when I looked back. Close enough that I was worried I might not make it back to the truck in time. Something tripped me. I thought it might just be a rock or something, but one of them had made it all the way across the field to me. I figured this would be the end, but before I knew what to do, Mark had grabbed the converted and thrown it into the door of the station so hard that it lost footing and fell to the ground. He helped me up, and we got in the ambulance, and we started driving. We had no plan, no clue, no idea what had happened, but we both knew this ambulance would become our home. If IQ Zone 724 was compromised, that means that at least 100 infected, possibly now converted, had escaped and were infecting others.
There would be no town to return to, no runs to make, no home to live in. This ambulance was going to be our home, and we were going to have to find a way to survive. We both have family, safe in another area as far as we know, but far away. We had to make it there, and we had no idea how bad things had gotten. We would soon discover that this was only the beginning. Things would get much worse. We found a place out in the middle of nowhere to rest for the night. We had to rest. The day had taken its toll. It was only day one. So, that's the first part of a many-part story. Uh, everyone is really wondering where this COVID-19 thing is going to go, and whether it, whether it just fizzles out and goes away, or whether it continues on and, and things get worse or more difficult. You know, it's, it's a very serious thing, but um, we're all just kind of wondering. And it's always going to have an impact on our, our future. It's going to become an item of history that will never be forgotten. So I thought, why not take something from it and create something new? I'm sure everyone out there, all the movie theaters or movie companies, production companies, will be doing the same thing. So I kind of wanted to create our own story from the, from the perspective of EMS workers, from the EMS field, from first responders. So this story is going to continue on. Uh, you'll learn more about who Mark is, who his family is, who Judd is, who his family is, where they are, what their past was, uh, what their skill sets are. You'll see how we try to survive in the ambulance as we make our way to our families, uh, what happens next, kind of its own, own world, our, our own world is being created here as we go. Um, so be looking for the next part next week, and then the next week, and then the next week. But what's unique about this is that you guys can add to this story. If you have an idea of what could happen inside of the story, a concept, a tool that we could use, some kind of event that could take place, some kind of change that you think might come. Um, if you're curious about what a description of the converted is going to be and you have an idea for it, send us pictures of it, whatever. You can go to... Uh, Facebook and go to Texas EMS school and post your ideas there. Send us messages, send us comments. I'll put this in a, a thread so that you can find it and, and post your comments. But we want to create a story that we all help build. And I think this is some way for us to take what's happening. And, you know, besides goofy memes and the Tiger King, we can have our own thing that we do here. If you're interested in finding out what happens next, uh, stay tuned. Make sure that you share our podcasts on Spotify and iTunes. Make sure that you like them, give them five stars, and uh, we will see you again soon.